Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Welcome back. Today is a big deal, or at least I'm going to make it into a big deal, because we have now gotten past that two-week window. Less than two weeks away from baseball coming back, and about two weeks away from basketball coming back as well. Although the NBA is going to be a little weird, because they have some exhibition games, they have a ramp-up period. So the NBA won't be legit going for a little bit, but baseball starts a week from Friday. Does that put us 11 days away, 12 days away? Something like that. Brewers baseball starts at Wrigley Field against the Cubs. And you can check the Brewers schedule at WKTYsports.com. Click on the schedule. All the games are right there, and they're all going to be broadcast on WKTY with the voice of Bob Euchre in the case of all the home games. So it's going to be a blast. Less than two weeks away. There's a lot of things that Major League Baseball and the NBA need to figure out before then. And this pandemic has taught us that a lot can change in a week or two. So buckle up. But let's just hope and and pray both of those leagues can adjust and adapt on the fly for whatever happens between now and then. And then, of course, once the season actually starts, that they're able to adjust and and take things on the run to ensure that sports can actually be played safely and they don't have to shut down again. This is the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you did have a great weekend. Your week is off to a good start. I want to talk basketball and baseball. That's coming up near the end of the show. I want to spend most of our time today talking about the news of the day, the news of the weekend. Uh, And and that's what's going on with the football team in Washington, the one owned by Daniel Snyder, and what the heck they're going to do with a new name. It sounds like they're done with the old, but like, like they they still, they're still called the R word. Like they're saying, hey, we're done with the name as they print that press release on a piece of stationery that still has the team name and the logo and tweet it from a Twitter account that still has the name and the logo. So, like, you can say, hey, I'm done with her. I'm moving on. But if you're still dating her, it doesn't really mean anything, right? It's like, I'm over him. I'm moving on. But we're g- I'm going to date him until I find someone else. Like, no, that's not how that works. So it was announced today that Washington is going to move on without a new name or, or with a new name. They have to find that new name first. So I guess that racial slur, that R word, is just going to act as a placeholder. In the meantime, it's been around 87 years. What's well, another couple of weeks, I guess, in the view of Daniel Snyder? Uh, and the ownership. So I want to talk about that quite a bit today. I had an awesome weekend. I got to share, and I got to give a shout out to any listeners we have over near Toma, because I went over on Saturday. It's, it was my goal this weekend to get out and do some fishing. It was so nice, and we can't hit the club, you know, can't go to our favorite restaurants, or at least it's it's maybe not the best idea right now with cases rapidly increasing in the state of Wisconsin. They just, by the way, folks, they just put mandatory mask orders in in Dane County, and in Milwaukee. Those are going to start this week. So I, I, I would prefer everyone starts wearing a mask voluntarily so we don't have to shut down businesses and don't have to mandate masks. But that's the way things are headed, just so you know. So I, I didn't want to go out and, and be out on the town this weekend. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go fishing. I went over to Toma, and shout out to, I, I don't know if his name is Roscoe, but at Roscoe's Bait in Toma, the bait shop, got me set up. I didn't even know you could go fish in flooded cranberry bogs. Oh my God, what a time. What a blast. I'd never been to bog country, quote unquote, before. I've been through Toma 94 a million times. I grew up in Menominee and we would go to the Dells, Madison, Milwaukee. So you drive through there all the time into La Crosse as well. But 
like getting off the interstate and actually exploring a little bit around Toma and Warrens, we found some fishing hot spots. I'm talking like dinner plate sized bluegills here, folks. So if you're looking to do something, I'm not going to tell you where my honey hole is, but going over to bog country and enjoying a quiet Saturday night as the sun sets, uh, <laughs> choice. So that's what I did on Saturday. Yesterday we went up to, uh, I went with one buddy and we went up to fish in Alma at the great Alma fishing float. And if you've ever fished up there, you know that it's a blast and it's just a hodgepodge. It's a mess of a million different kinds of fish and it's hectic and you're fishing in the the raging Mississippi River right below this lock and dam. And as we're taking the ferry across to the fish float, the the ferry driver looks at me and goes, it's like nine in the morning. He's like, yeah, we had our biggest mayfly hatch of the year last night. And I'm like, are you kidding? I go, well, that's not as ideal as I've paid him $20 to go fish for the day. He's like, yeah, you're you're not wrong. That's not ideal if you don't know. Uh, when the mayflies hatch, fish just go crazy. They'll they'll eat themselves sick on mayflies, and then they'll lay there and not eat for days or weeks at a time, especially walleyes. If there's a big mayfly hatch, they won't eat for a week at least. So I'm like, all right, now that I paid my 20 bucks and we've hopped the ferry, yeah, we're not going to catch anything. So we caught a couple of fish, but that was my weekend. I did some fishing. Two activities I would highly recommend. Going to kill some time in bog country in between Toma and Warren's. Some really, really cool natural areas, really peaceful and quiet. And then going up to Alma. Although I would recommend picking a weekend where fish are like down to actually eat. So maybe you can catch some fish. That'd be my one reservation about this weekend. So now as we get kind of back into normal life as the week goes on, and I can't be driving to Toma to fish on a whim, uh, the biggest news, the biggest sports news of the week, and maybe of the summer so far, other than COVID stuff. COVID's been the headlines, but it sounds like Washington's actually going to get a new name. And I want to talk about this today because it's pretty unprecedented. 87 years they've had this name, and that's the longest tenured name that's ever been changed between baseball, football, hockey. And in my lifetime, I'm only 22 years old, but in my lifetime, I can't think of many name changes or even new teams with new names. And I know the Panthers and a couple other, the Texans expansion franchises are around the time I was born, but I don't remember that. I can remember a couple of name changes in the NBA when they did the shuffle between the Pelicans and the Hornets and the Bob. So it was the Charlotte Bobcats and the New Orleans Hornets. And then Charlotte became the Hornets and New Orleans became the Pelicans. It didn't matter anyways, because those two teams haven't been relevant my entire life, no matter what their name is. But that's really the only example of a name change I can think of. I know it's a, it's very commonplace in high school right now, especially in the state of Wisconsin for native American imagery and names to be removed. In fact, when I was in eighth grade, my high school changed from the Indians to the Mustangs. We got to vote. We got t-shirts. We all got a free Mustang t-shirt. Right, it was, it was very contentious, especially between parents. I don't really think the kids cared that much. Like I said, I was in eighth grade. We were just coming off a Packers Super Bowl win and Aaron Rodgers MVP. Or we, I didn't care what the high school mascot was called. It's like, all right, Mustangs, fine. I didn't care. I was in eighth grade. But it was very contentious. And name changes often do not come easily. And we're seeing that with Washington. Or we have been seeing that with Washington for, what, 87 years now? Especially recently when it's become really contested. Let me fill you in on the timeline. FedEx on July 2nd got the ball rolling. Got the ball rolling in the direction of of finding a new name because they threatened to pull their sponsorship. FedEx said, hey, Daniel Snyder, if you don't change the team name, it it ain't going to be FedEx Field anymore because we're pulling our sponsorship. Now, FedEx only pays about $8 million a year for that sponsorship. They signed that deal in 99, and and that's a bargain. $8 million a year to have your name on any stadium, even if it is FedEx Field. Like, that's a bargain. But the deal, all in all, is about $200 million. That's a lot of cash. So FedEx said, hey, we're, we're, we're pulling out if you don't change the name. Amazon and Nike were next. Amazon, of course, the online marketplace for anything and everything in our country. And Nike 
the official jersey and apparel provider of the NFL. If you have two websites back out, uh, those are the two. Those are the two big ones that you cannot afford, right? The NFL isn't going to sell merch. If Nike's not selling merchandise, nobody's selling it because that's the official provider of jerseys, of apparel, everything on the sideline. So it was a big deal. FedEx, Amazon, and Nike were kind of the big three that said, hey, if you don't change the name, we're, we're, we're pulling out. The final push, however, is going to need to come from the NFL and from the fraternity of owners around Daniel Snyder. Because if Daniel Snyder doesn't feel pressure from other NFL owners, and he still feels as though he can kind of seclude himself in that boys club, that fraternity of NFL owners, he's not going to change. It would be very similar um, if somebody had a drinking problem or a drug problem, and they can surround themselves with enablers, right? If I'm an alcoholic, I can turn on the TV, and everybody says, booze is bad, you need to change. Turn on the radio, booze is bad, you need to change. But if I can go home every night to my family and to my friends, and they all enable me, I, I, I can go on living that way. And I think Daniel Snyder can go on as the racist owner of the Washington team if his fraternity of NFL owners don't get on his back. I'm not saying they need to bully him, but they at some point need to step up and say, you know what, Dan, this isn't this isn't acceptable. And then Dan, Dan Snyder will probably go, well, actually, please address me as Mr. Snyder because he's just a known egomaniac that way. So maybe they can't call him Dan. That's not a good approach. The final push is going to need to come from the NFL, more specifically the owners. Because if Snyder feels sheltered and protected and accepted by the other 31 owners, or I guess 30 with the Green Bay Packers, not counting Mark Murphy, he's he, there won't be enough of a reason for change, even though money's a big one. Snyder's got plenty of money. Uh, support from his NFL brethren uh, could really push that through. Now, as we have this conversation today, I want to make it clear, I'm really not in the business of praising Daniel Schneider today. I, I think this is years, years overdue. Maybe 10 or 20 years overdue. Not just like, well, the last couple of years, the political climate's gotten a lot more sensitive. No, like a racial slur hasn't been acceptable since what? Pre-civil rights movement? And I know there's some who are okay with it, but let's not act like the R word much like the N-word, has been socially acceptable since the 1960s, yet it stands as the name of one of just 32 NFL teams in what is the biggest and most important and, and most profitable sports league in our country. I'm not going to bend over backwards praising Daniel Snyder today because this is something that's needed to happen for a while. This is the biggest reason why I'm not going to praise him. It's not, it's not like his moral compass all of a sudden got aligned and he woke up one day with an epiphany and he's woke. This is a statement that the team put out today. And they put out the statement on stationery that has the logo and the name. It's a little bit ironic. This is a statement. See if you see it, if you notice what immediately jumped out to me. On July 3rd, we announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. The review has begun in earnest. As part of this process, we want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today, we are announcing that we will be retiring the name and logo upon completion of this review. Dan Snyder and Coach Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition and rich franchise that will sponsor our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. Inspire, excuse me, not in sponsor. But when talking about important groups, what was first? Sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Yeah, also our fans and community, but sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. You know who this really makes a difference to? And, and, and you know who he should really be addressing? is First Nation people everywhere, right? Natives everywhere. The National Congress of American Indians, for example. That would be a great group to include in a statement like this. But it's, no, we got to appease our sponsors. And you are fans in the community too, but sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Which, of course, this review is coming after FedEx and Amazon and Nike all pulled their 
connections, all sorts of different connections, money, sponsorship, you know, uh, sales and service of their products. It's all about the sponsors. So it's good news that this name is finally changing, at least in my opinion. And if you want to disagree and have a conversation, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I'm not closed-minded on this issue at all. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line, a call or a text. I'd love to talk to you. But it's very clear that the priority of Daniel Snyder is the sponsors first and foremost. Yeah, the fans and the community at large, they matter too, but sponsors first and foremost. So let's have a conversation about this today because this is unprecedented. 87 years. This team's been around a long time. Coming up next, a couple of things we need to keep in mind as we approach a possible name change uh, and, and getting rid of a racial slur that stood for 87 years as the name and the mascot of one of only 32 teams in the National Football League. It's a pretty big deal. We'll continue this conversation coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show, welcome back. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had an excellent weekend. Some very interesting and kind of unprecedented news today, although I kind of expected it. Maybe you expected it as well. Daniel Snyder and the rest of the Washington organization announcing they're going to get a different name or work on getting a new name. It's interesting because they said we're going to retire the old logo and the old name while also tweeting that news out from an account with the old logo and the old name on stationery with the old logo and the old name. It'd be like it'd be like saying you're moving on. It's like uh, my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm moving on from her. Uh, but until I find somebody else, I'm going to I'm going to stay with her. Right. It's a step in the right direction, though. I'll take it. Uh, speaking before I forget, I, I got to remind you, go to WKTYsports.com uh, and get signed up to win our four pack of tickets to the lacrosse speedway. The giveaway ends today. This is the last day you can get signed up. So quickly go there. All you got to do is put in your Facebook, put in your phone number, just one little identifier. So when you win, we can contact you. That's the whole point. Right, WK2iSports.com. Four tickets to Lacrosse Speedway. So you can take the whole group. You can stay socially distant outside. And it comes with food and drink. Food and drink. So it's a perfect, it's it's all inclusive. Full night out, out in the breeze, social distancing, uh, not stuck in your house. WK2iSports.com. Just click win stuff. It's right there. It's the last day. So get signed up. I'll I'll try to remind you one more time before the end of the show. Couple of things to keep in mind as we have this discussion today. And in 2020, we've had so many sports discussions that are related to social issues and political issues. And these are the issues you have to, you don't have to uh, tiptoe around, but you have to be a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more thoughtful. Whereas if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, I can kind of be a jerk and I can kind of spew stuff off the top of my head. With issues like this, you need to be a little bit more considerate. You need to be a little bit more thoughtful because these are more of a real-life issue. An issue about a, a, a racial slur as a mascot, that's a little bit more of a real-life issue than Aaron Rodgers' passer rating versus Drew Brees' passer rating, right? So just a couple things to keep in mind. And I would love to hear from you today. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. And I'm perfectly okay with you disagreeing with me on anything or everything all the time, as long as we're respectful, especially when it comes to issues like this. All right, thing to keep in mind, number one, we are talking about Washington, about Daniel Snyder's team, about Dwayne Haskins' team in the NFC East. Let's focus on Washington. Let's reflect on Washington, and let's discuss Washington. We're not talking about the Cleveland Indians today or the Atlanta Braves or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Florida State Seminoles. And what I've seen on social media and what I've seen on sports and, and uh, sports TV and sports radio 
is that people want to make this a bigger overarching discussion. It's like, well, yeah, if you force Washington to change their name, then where do we go next? Now to the the Braves and the Chiefs all of a sudden have to, where does it end? Well, I don't know where it ends, but I know where it starts. And let's start with the one team in our country that's mascot is a dictionary-defined racial slur. I don't know where it ends, but I know where it starts. And, and, And we are starting right now, and we're starting with Washington. So until we're done with this conversation... I don't want to use the red herring of the Indians or the Chiefs or the Braves or the Seminoles. Those are all their own case studies, and we can get to them if we get to them. Maybe we never do, because maybe, just maybe, the team that's the racial slur, maybe we get rid of that, and we're on a lot better ground. We're in a lot better place. I don't know where it ends, but it starts with Washington. So when we're having this discussion, let's talk about Washington and not try to blow this issue up by using the red herrings of all of the other teams that uses some sort of native imagery albeit not as grotesque and obvious and and offensive as what's gone on in Washington now for almost 80 years. That's thing number one to keep in mind. Thing number two, and I was thinking about this a lot today, I I don't want to have a conversation about whether a mascot honors or pays tribute to Native people. Right? They're mascots. Like it, It wears me out when somebody says, well, the name of Chiefs, that's meant to honor First Nation people, but but, but oh, what what's Washington? That's that's disrespectful. No, you know what? They're all the same to me. None of these honor, none of these pay tribute. They're just a mascot. It's a cartoon. It's a logo. They, don't tell me that the Green Bay Packers are meant to honor meat packing workers of the 1920s. Of course not. It's a team name. Don't tell me the Philadelphia Eagles are meant to pay tribute to the bald eagle. No, it's a bird. It's a mascot. Don't tell me the Clippers and the Lakers are meant to pay tribute to the Great Lakes and the Clipper shipyards that used to be in in California. They're just team names. They're not that deep. They're not that meaningful. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Sports aren't supposed to be serious all the time. And sports mascots aren't supposed to have this hidden, deeper meaning behind them. So don't try to tell me that the Atlanta Braves is a respectful tribute to Native people. Because it's a mascot. Don't argue that the Washington team name is meant to pay tribute. It's a ma- it's a mascot. It's all it is. And I think when we make this conversation about honoring and tribute, I, I think we're getting away from the issue at hand. It's not up to us to decide the meaning and the connotation of the word chief or brave or Indian. Just like it's not up to white people to completely dictate and decide what the N-word means and what it doesn't mean. It's, it's, just, it's a mascot. Right, I think that's as deep as we need to get into it. That's number two. Number three, and this one's a little bit more complicated. We need to try to take a common sense approach. We need to try to eliminate emotion from this issue. And sports, it's an emotional thing, right? Try to take emotion out of this. And that's really hard for Native people. For somebody who's a member of the Oneida Nation, they put out a statement this morning. It was reported by the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Or the National Congress of American Indians or the Ho-Chunk Nation, they can't take emotion out of this because this is their identity at play. But I want to speak to my my listeners who aren't Native. Mostly white, but not everybody, right? We have the privilege of being able to take emotion out of this equation. Just think of the, think of the team as a business for a sec. Washington makes about $490 million as of 2019 in annual revenue. The team itself is worth $3.4 billion dollars. This is what I mean by, by let's take the emotion out of it. Let's use common sense. Walmart 
made $524 million in 2019. They employ 2.2 million people. FedEx has an annual revenue of of a year ago of $70 million and employs almost 400,000 people. FedEx, interestingly enough, I I chose that as an example because they're the team that sponsors the field. 1999, they they committed to about $8 million a year, just over $200 million total for that that sponsorship. My point, Walmart makes about $30 more million a year than Washington. It's actually pretty close. FedEx makes $70 million a year, which is a lot less than Washington pulls in. Washington is it, as far as the NFL hierarchy goes it's actually it's pretty similar or, or it's it's Washington's actually up near the top in terms of team revenue they make a lot of money Here's what I mean by common sense no other comparable American company that makes that much money and holds that much prestige and employs that many people could be appropriately named after a racial slur You couldn't have Federal Express named after a racial slur Walmart could not use racist language in its team name because those are huge businesses that make millions and millions of dollars and employ millions of people. In the case of Walmart, FedEx, a few less. They're a little bit less than half a million people employed. Sports are different, and I get that. There's history, and there's fandom. And fandom, remember, is short for fanatic. We are fanatics, which means we're not always logical in the way that we operate when it comes to sport. That's what makes the Packers different than Amazon or the Packers different than Pepsi. Take emotion out of it. 99% of people listening to the show right now are not native, and we don't cheer for this team. So we should very logically be able to look at this and say, you know what? Even though I'm not offended by this name because I'm not directly involved, I'm not a fan, I'm not a native person, isn't it a little stupid? Think about that. Think about that. I would imagine most of our listeners are not natives. I would imagine we're all the majority of some sort. And I would imagine most people listening are not Washington fans. They're probably Packer, Viking, Bears fans. So we can take emotion out of it. Most of you probably aren't offended by that team name. Even if you're not offended, don't you think it's a little dumb? Don't you think it's a little stupid? The NFL is our country's biggest sports league, most profitable sports league. The NFC East is wildly popular for reasons I will never understand. I don't know why we always got to watch Giants-Cowboys on Sunday Night Football because the Giants stink. And the Eagles are, I don't, I'm not entertained by the NFC East, but that's a, that's a side note. The point is, Washington is in a wildly popular league in a wildly popular division. And they play in our country's capital. Whether you're offended by this name or not, whether you're connected to this name or this team or not, can we do better? Like, don't you think it's a little stupid? Don't you think as a country, as a society, we can do a little bit better? I'm not connected to this team or the people that are connected to this name. But I look at this and go, this is dumb. We should change the name. Yeah, I'm sure some fans will be mad. They'll get over it. It's football. We don't watch because of the team name. We watch because of the players. Isn't it dumb? We can do better. We can do a lot better. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Wisco Sports Show rolls on. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Keystroker Grant. Follow all of us at WKTY. Go to WKTYsports.com or pop open the WKTY app and get signed up to win a four-pack of tickets to the Lacrosse Speedway. Good way to get out of the house, stay socially distant, enjoy the summertime weather, and get some food and drink too. All-inclusive, heck of a package, and today is the last day to get signed up. So go click win stuff 
at WKTYSports.com. We're talking about the news of the day, and we're going to talk basketball and baseball coming up in about 10 minutes. So we are going to talk about something else today. Although this is historic. This is unprecedented. 87 years with the same team name, or at least this team has existed 87 years. A huge majority of those years, other than a couple at the beginning, um, under the same name. You don't see teams in basketball, baseball, football just change names after 80, 70, 60 years. This is fairly unprecedented stuff. The history of this team and the ownership of this team, I think, is something that not a lot of people know about. I was doing a lot of reading today, and I wanted to share some of the interesting facts with you. Because, as you, I'm sure, have heard many times, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Right? History professors love this. Teachers love this. Academics. I think smart people in general like this expression. I saw pictures on Twitter today from 1918, last time America went through a pandemic, at least of this magnitude. And there were folks with masks on holding a sign that said, wear a mask or go to jail. So yeah, even 100 years ago, there were people refusing to wear masks. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Or I prefer Blake Anderson's version of this sentiment from Comedy Central's classic Workaholics, where he says, those who don't learn from History Channel are doomed to repeat History Channel. He was on Mushrooms when he said that. It's a very funny episode, but it holds up. The logic still (laughs) holds up in a pandemic and when it comes to sports and racism in sports. Ferguson, the protests in Ferguson in 2014, the protests in Baltimore in 2015, and now what's happening in Minneapolis are examples of the importance of history in issues such as this. Right? If you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Ferguson happened in 2014. Then it was repeated in Baltimore, and then it was repeated in Minneapolis in weeks previous, and there's still protests going on, right? And they have been all summer, but the hottest burning, most tense protests, I think, by and large, are done and were on the heels of the the killing of George Floyd. And if we don't make changes and learn from what happened this summer, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again in the next five or six years. All you have to do is look at the last decade to understand that that's absolutely the reality. If nothing changes from this summer, it will happen again, and it's probably going to be worse next time. Because I think as bad as Ferguson was in 2014, and Baltimore was bad too, I think this round of protests this spring and summer, it happened on more of a countrywide scale. This is not just localized. This was not just the Twin Cities. This was everywhere. And I don't know what the next step is, but if we don't learn and don't improve, we're going to find out in the next couple of years. Understanding the history of Washington both recent history and quote-unquote ancient history, is crucial to understanding the name change, why it needs to happen and why it must go a certain way, and why a lot of the arguments and logic that people are spewing about this name change, they're just not true because history doesn't back them up. Let's start with ancient history, and then we'll move to, and by ancient, I mean like this team's 80 years old. So 80 years ago, that is ancient history as it pertains to the NFL. This team was founded in Boston. They started as the Boston Braves. And they were founded and owned by George Preston Marshall in the early 30s. Now, they eventually became the the Boston R-Words. And then they eventually moved to the nation's capital. But the owner, George Preston Marshall, promoted segregation successfully in the NFL from the early 30s until 1946. When two NFL owners led the way and said, you know what? Screw this. Like, we're not segregating anymore. We're going we're gonna to get good players. White, black, doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to go get them. And George Preston Marshall was the owner, and his franchise was the last franchise to segregate. And they were under pressure from the U.S. government. The federal government forced them to integrate. 
And he didn't want to because his team, which was in the nation's capital at the time, right about the Mason-Dixon line, right in Maryland or in Washington, D.C., there was no other team that was south of him at the time because the NFL was very early. He didn't want he didn't want to combine. He didn't want any black players on his team because he didn't want to turn off his southern audience, right? And he was a known racist and a known segregationist. He's famously quoted by saying, we will start signing Negroes when the Harblem Globetrotters start signing whites. He was a racist. And he promoted racism successfully early on in the NFL. And that stuck with his franchise and was a big part of why it was named what it was named. That's the origin of the name. It's, a, it's an origin and a foundation of racism and bigotry. You can't tell me that that name is about history and honor when its founding father was a known racist who was all about segregation and was forced by the country's government, the federal government, to integrate because they were threatening to take away his stadium, which was publicly funded. They're like, dude, if you don't start to get with it, we're going to take away your stadium. The government did. It wasn't FedEx or Amazon or whatever the business equivalent was at the time. It was the damn federal government that had to do it. That was the foundation and backdrop of this team. It can't be about history and it can't be about honor when this team's history is filled with nothing but racism from their founding father forward. Now, that's the ancient history. What about the recent history? Daniel Snyder's last 10 years of ownership, ownership, which is full of, I I think it really lacked mature leadership and foresight, which we're seeing now. The last 10 years of Daniel Snyder's ownership have been really problematic because he's caught with his pants down right now. He's caught with his pants down. You remember the iconic Daniel Snyder quote that's been making the rounds again this week where he said, we'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never you can use caps, which is amazing. I love it when when famous people know they're going to be quoted and they're like, hey, you can write this part in capital letters. How big of an ego do you have to have? And it was reported uh, in Sports Illustrated today, or I guess shared more as an anecdote by Andrew Brandt in his business of sports column where he's like, yeah, I remember my kids had a play date with Daniel Snyder's kids one time, and I sent someone to pick my kids up. And when he met Daniel Snyder, Daniel Snyder corrected him and said, yeah, you can call me Mr. Snyder when he was called Daniel. This dude's an egomaniac to the point where he's like, yeah, I know this is going to end up in newspapers. You can go ahead and write that in, in capital letters. We're never going to change the name. It's that simple. Never you can use caps. Which now is coming back to bite him because he's being forced to change. He hasn't thought about changing. He hasn't been ready for this change. And he doesn't have a damn clue on what he's going to do next. He's been so obstinate about a possible name change. I don't even know what his options are at this point. And I've been hanging out on Pro Football Talk, which is Mike Florio's blog. It's an extension of NBC Sports. I've been reading their reporting today. And you know what's absolutely hilarious? Is there's this guy. His name is Martin McCauley. And for the last 10 years... He has been buying up trademarks and copyrights to all of these possible names, right? All of the names you're like, hey, maybe they should be named that. This dude owns the trademarks, Americans, Bravehearts, Federals, Forces, Founders, Gladiators, Monuments, Natives, Pandas, Pigskins, Red-Tailed Hawks, Renegades, Sharks, Veterans, Tribe, Red-Tails, Monuments, Veterans, Renegades, Red-Tailed Hawks, Americans, and Red Wolves. This guy has spent over $20,000 securing all of these trademarks. So in the instance that Washington and Daniel Snyder and company had to change the team name, this dude would be ready. This name change is not going to be cheap because it's, it's, it's sprung out of nowhere. Daniel Snyder hasn't pondered 
hasn't prepared for a possible name change because he's been so stubborn that he's going to have to pay extra two or three times what he normally would have to pay for finding a new name and securing the rights and, and all that stuff. First of all, this guy's a legend. And what's funny is he's a fan and he's just doing it to do it. This was, he was quoted. This is hilarious to me and I had no clue about this. This is what he said. I started out because I thought it would be funny to register Washington pigskins. Then this unusual hobby of mine got out of control. I am a fan of watching the team on TV and went to a game last year. It's not meant to be adversarial. So this dude, or so he says, isn't even trying to stick it to the Washington team. He's just a fan. And this is a hobby of his, just trying to buy up any potential trademark that his own football team might end up needing because they cannot continue under their current name and mascot and logo, which is hilarious. I, re- I read this this afternoon. I couldn't believe it was real. I had to fact check it. I did check Twitter, find the guy, make sure this was real. Because I'm like, you couldn't write a funnier story than this. Could not write a funnier story. And, you know, say what you want about Mike Florio and the company he's founded, Pro Football Talk. But the, their reporting on this today has been has been perfect. And I think Florio really likes to give the impression. I know uh, Jason Whitlock of Now Outkick the Coverage used to be at Fox, who does some stuff on Fox News. I think he's kind of a common sense voice for the conservative side of sports fandom. He's called Florio out a couple of times in the last two months for just trying to appear woke on Twitter. And maybe that's a part of it. I don't care. It's still really, really funny that there's this random dude living in Landover, Maryland or somewhere. And he's like, you know what? I just buy trademarks as a hobby just to try to stick it to my team. He's a fan. He's a fan. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I just got out of control. I just liked it too much. There's your, in, in 2020, which has been a terrible year with not a lot of good news, that's something that I got a good laugh out of this afternoon. When we come back, let's change gears. I want to talk about the NBA, the MLB, and some interesting news that came out of the Orlando bubble today that at first I was freaked out about, but ultimately I don't think it's going to impact their return to play and the resumption of their season. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm hoping to have our friend Zach Heilprin of The Zone in Madison and the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I'm hoping to have him on the show either this week or next to talk about what's going on in Madison with football and then eventually basketball. Because here, here's the thing. We're talking about basketball now, but we were talking about baseball and basketball a couple of months ago. And I think we treated football as just, well, it'll happen, right? We have enough time. And I think right now we're treating college basketball and next NBA season like they'll just happen. And I'm not even so sure about that. So I'd love to get the rundown what's going on in Madison and what's going on at the University of Wisconsin with our friend Zach Heilprin. He's seen enough of these seasons come and go. He's been inside athletic departments. He's reported on this stuff before. He's got a pretty good idea of of how this is going to go. I was messaging him with, a, with him a little bit last week, just trying to pick his brain Um, But I'd love to have him on the show. I just can't insult the Badgers. I can't talk bad about college basketball. I can't hate on anything Wisconsin-related. Otherwise, Zach gets gets angry and he'll call me out, which I need. But he's a great guest and we want to have him on the show. So hopefully either this week or next, uh, we'll talk to Zach. And it's been a while since we've been able to talk about college sports. So it'll be nice to have Zach back. Towards the end of last week, I was feeling very confident about Major League Baseball and growing concerned over the NBA. It wasn't about anything that was being reported or, or, or new details or anything. Look, nobody knows anything about this pandemic, about any. No, nobody knows anything. You know how this is, right? Like every day that passes, it just becomes more clear to me that not a soul knows anything. 
Do you see the the interview that the Surgeon General did with Face the Nation this weekend? Where they asked him, because if you remember when this first started, the CDC and the, the Surgeon General came out and said, hey, masks don't help. They don't make a difference. And since they have obviously changed their tune, they're like, no, we need masks, which is correct. Wear a mask. And, and the example that he used, he's like, yeah, well, we get new information all the time. Remember, heroin and cocaine used to be prescribed treatments. And I'm like, yeah, man, in the 30s, come on. Nobody knows anything. Not even the Surgeon General, not even the CDC. Not the president, not anybody. Nobody knows anything. So oftentimes, week by week, it just depends on what mood we're in. Like, are we feeling good about things, feeling bad about things? Nobody knows anything. Here was my line of thinking last week, and it continues to be my line of thinking today. Even we got some new NBA news, and I'll share that with you in a sec. Here's my line of thinking. Positive tests are a guarantee in any return to sport, in any going back to school or work scenario. Positive tests are a guarantee. Our country has ensured that. Pretending otherwise is dumb. It's dumb and it's ignorant. I think baseball is the best position professional sports league at this point to absorb a positive test. When, not if it happens, when there's a positive test, Major League Baseball, more so than the NBA and more so than the NFL, are better equipped and prepared to absorb that positive test. Part of that is because baseball is a much more spaced out sport. You don't have an offensive and a defensive line banging heads together. You don't have players tackling each other every play. And you don't have players that are touching the same basketball. Baseball works pretty well that way. It just lends itself to being spaced out. That's out of the control of basketball and football. That's just the way the sport's played. But there's a couple of reasons why MLB, and they got off to a slow start this summer, but there's a couple of reasons why MLB have actually positioned themselves pretty good, in my opinion, to play and to finish their season. They've segregated themselves between three geographical divisions. So at worst, worst case scenario that I can see happening is that there's a huge outbreak in one given division, meaning the Cubs, the Reds, the Cardinals all come down with it. Well, that's not going to impact what's going on in the West Coast or the East Coast. And maybe they have a plan to just stick with leagues. It's like, okay, well, we'll suspend interleague play for now. I think that's as bad as it could get because everybody's so geographically isolated on the West Coast, the East Coast and in the Midwest, in the central region of the country as well. It's segregated. That protects players. The sport is spaced out. For example, let's say a right fielder has COVID-19. They don't know it, and they play a game. And he has three at-bats, and he goes 0 for 3. Never reaches base. Okay, that's pretty manageable. Because for you know, for nine innings, that right fielder is standing all by himself, out in right field, not dapping any what, not hugging, not tackling, not passing a ball around. And they're in a ballpark that's pretty spaced out. Now, there's going to be an issue within that team, right, with that positive case, and they're going to have to isolate. But it's not like basketball where if LeBron has COVID, Giannis is probably getting COVID because they're going to be covering each other at some point. Major League Baseball's got that figured out pretty well. They have that advantage. The NBA, on the other hand, have all their players stacked together like they're at a college campus, which were shut down this spring, remember? They're like, hey, we're emptying out the dorms. We don't want people in buildings. We want people to go home. Because college students live stacked up. That's why meningitis outbreaks, viral meningitis outbreaks are really scary. Especially in college campuses because everybody's stacked on top of each other. That's the environment the NBA has created. And they've created a bubble, quote unquote. So if nobody in the bubble is sick, in theory they should all be good. Now if one person gets infected, different story. Players in basketball also occupy a 94 by 50 foot space all the time, share a basketball, earn in constant contact, sweating with each other all the time. So the sport itself doesn't exactly lend to staying staying safe. 
maybe like baseball does. The NBA announced a positive test today, and people are treating it like the end of the world. This is the information. Of 322 players tested for COVID-19 since arriving on the NBA campus on July 7th, two returned positive and remain in quarantine. Those players never cleared quarantine and have left campus to isolate at home. Meaning, 322 players were tested, only two tested positive, and those two never made it into the general area. A lot of people were freaking out over that today. They're like, oh my God, there's a positive case in the bubble already. Well, first of all, the bubble just started. But look, if two positive tests burst this bubble and bring it all crashing down, this thing never had a chance from the beginning. Like I said, positive tests are a guarantee. If you're bringing sports back, sending kids back to school, sending adults back to work, positive tests are a guarantee. We're past the point of no return in our country where going outside of your house is safe. That's what the La Crosse County Health Department has said every day for the last, what, two months. They've said, hey, if you leave your house, be prepared. You're probably going to come in contact with COVID-19. We can't assure your safety. Same thing here. Sports, work, school, doesn't matter. Positive tests are a guarantee. And if one positive test ruins the NBA bubble, then this bubble never had a chance. Today, I feel a little bit better because it seems like they had a plan to isolate these people, to not let them into the the bubble at large, right? There were positive tests, but they never made it out of quarantine. So it sounds like the NBA was prepared for this to happen, which I hope, I hope they're prepared for this to happen. I hope they're prepared for everything. Russell Westbrook has COVID. Luckily, he never made it into the bubble. He's waiting to join them. They gave him a little bit of extra time. So there could be players that were delayed, had to wait an extra week or two. There was one player that went out to get his delivery food, and he has to quarantine for 10 days. Rashawn Holm of the Sacramento Kings, my Sacramento Kings, crossed to pick up delivery food, and they're making him quarantine for 10 days, which means they're taking it seriously, which is great. But there's a lot that the NBA and Major League Baseball, they need to stay on top of this. They're going to need to adapt and roll with the punches as this rolls on, because this pandy has taught us anything. Things change week by week, day by day. Status quo never stays the same. So should the plans, the precautions... That all needs to evolve as well. We're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to do a Top 5 Tuesday. Top 5 Wisconsin sports teams to never win a championship. It's going to be fun. Same time, same place tomorrow. Talk to you then.